Hi there, and welcome to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I am Catherine, and I am so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history and fashion history. They are part of our daily life, something we wear without thinking about it. As a reflex in the morning, we will put them on, or not, before getting dressed. I speak, of course, about the underwears. Panties, string, boxers, underpants, bras in all forms, and so on. But, surprisingly, when I started my researches for this episode, I didn't find much information about them. Not many sources speak about underwears, their origins, their use over time, and more importantly, how they became sexy. It, of course, aroused my curiosity, and let me share with you my main findings. The origins of underwears can be traced back to the antiquity, ancient Egypt and ancient Greece. The ancestors of our panties would be the shendit worn by ancient Egyptian men. You may remember it from one of the first episodes of my Fashion Stories Box podcast. The shendit was a loincloth type of, of garment ancient Egyptians wrapped around their waist. Then, ancient Romans would wear a sort of long underpants under their toga, the subligatculum. These long underpants would evolve over time, as we will see, and the modern form of our panties would be fixed in 1917 by Étienne Valton, the son of the founder of the brand Petit Bateau, who would create the first short underpants without legs, without buttons, in jersey instead of wool, and with an elastic waist. These panties were at their origins destined to children, but then been adopted by adults, and nowadays the brand Petit Bateau has lines and for children and for adults. While the ancestors of our brass would be a piece of fabrics ancient Greek and ancient Roman women would wrap around their waist to maintain them. By looking at some representations of ancient Greek women exercising, this first bra looked like a long strap wrapped around the breast and was called apodesme, strophium, mastodeton, or mamillare, an outfit women would go on wearing throughout the Middle Ages when women would wear some shirt with pouches or bustier with pouches, the ancestor of the bra cup, until its evolution into the corset. The corset itself would slowly change to become closer to the modern bra with underwire. Starting from the end of the 19th century, women would start cutting the corsets into two pieces, one for the breast and maintain them, and one big belt for the waist. The woman credited to have invented the modern bra is Hermine Cadol in 1889. Hermine Cadol was a feminist and communard and because of her involvement during the Paris Commune in 1871, she had to flee to Argentina, where she would produce and sell corsets and lingerie. She would come back to Paris in 1889, where she would show her invention. She cut the top part of the corset and added, it, and added to it straps to maintain it at the shoulders. She would present it at the Great Universal Exhibition in 1900 and would create her eponymous lingerie brand, Cadol, still existing today. As we saw together during the episode dedicated to the corset, 
Underwears were a way to shape the body and help achieving the ideal silhouette of the time. And the men were the first to use some external help to achieve this ideal silhouette. Who would have guessed that, right? Before imposing the corset, this torture instrument to women, they tried some techniques on them. With the 14th century, outfits would change and the silhouette would become more structured. The 14th century is usually the century during which fashion historians put the start of fashion with tailoring, a faster change in style, and more fitted silhouettes. To come back to our underwears, the ideal masculine silhouette was a squared and muscular torso with a thin waist and thin legs. To achieve this silhouette, men would use padding and layering under their doublet, their jacket. And to model their legs, men would wear stockings. Legs being the new sexy for men starting from the end of the Middle Ages, as I like to say. With the doublets being shorter to emphasize the waist and the torso, the breeches would become shorter and puffier. They would look like two tubes for the legs attached at the waist, and they would feature an opening at the genitals level. This opening was considered inappropriate, of course, and tailors would invent a new piece, the cut piece, looking like a pouch in which men would put their sex and the ancestor of the fly to cover this part of the body. Men would use this cut piece to showcase their virility. The more prominent the cut piece, the richer and manly they were. Men being men, we won't change them, right? The combination of their short breeches and the cut piece creates an outfit similar to the famous poach briefs worn by men starting from after the Second World War. In French, we say slip kangourou because they look like the front poach kangaroos have. When we look at the history of underwears, its usage and evolution, we can link it with the evolution of the conception of hygiene and, to some extent, to the position of women in the society. Let me start with the last point before coming back to the first one. Did you know, for example, that until the 19th century, women didn't wear panties, just corsets? Yes, right. Until the 19th century, women were naked from the bottom under their layers of fabrics. And the first panties they started to wear, the pantalon de lingerie, as we say in French, pantalets, bloomers, were open in the middle. Why? might you ask yourself. And your second reaction might be, but this is disgusting. How did they do when they had their periods? According to French fashion historian Catherine Orman, this absence of panties for women was linked to the perception of women's sexual availability. No panties meant that the sex of women was available for men. They just needed to pull up the skirts to have access to it. As she says, no panties or panties opened in the middle means that the sex of women was open, available, disposable for men to deal with their persons wherever and whenever they wanted. It's linked with the fact that women weren't free. They had no control over their bodies. They couldn't dispose of it. Their bodies were the property of men. On the contrary, having closed panties, the same as we are wearing now, means that women took back the control over their bodies and sexuality by closing the access to their intimate parts. This was a very interesting theory for me. 
I always wondered why the only underwears I saw for women was the corset and why the first panties were open in the middle. While men, starting from quite early on, would wear some kind of boxers with legs more or less long, together with cut pieces to protect their genitals. Another example on how studying fashion history and the evolution of outfits can help to understand the evolution of men's and women's role in the society and how clothes were also used to make sure everybody was going to play the role the society was expecting from them. So, we can really see a symbolic of underwears here, to cover or uncover, to protect or make available the intimate parts. The bottom underwears were a privilege for men for a long time that they would wear with a shirt. Let's talk now about underwears and the notion of hygiene. Starting from quite early on, underwears acted as a protection between the skin and the outerwear. They were an indicator of the cleanliness of the wearer. They had to be clean. With the, ch- with the fashion changing at the end of the Middle Ages and beginning of the Renaissance for men, some underwears would be more visible, as it is the case for the shirt. The doublet, a sort of jacket worn over the shirt, would let the collar and the sleeves of it be more visible. And the whiteness of this shirt would be a testimony of the social rank of the wearer, of the cleanliness of his body and of his soul, white being associated with purity. And this is interesting to put this conception of cleanliness with the conception of hygiene. Your underwears had to be clean, white, but your body wasn't clean. At that time, people didn't really wash themselves, and the reason why was that they were afraid of water. Really, it can seem very foolish for our modern lifestyle to be so afraid of water that you you would refuse to wash yourself, but you have to take into consideration the beliefs of that time. Throughout the Middle Ages and the Renaissance time, the European countries witnessed what we would now call pandemies, cholera, plague, which would decimate complete towns. And people thought that the main responsible for this disease to spread was water through the skin. When they would clean themselves, it would be reluctantly and not often. We now know that this was the lack of hygiene which on the contrary favorized the spreading of diseases. But on the top of that, you will need also to add the influence of the church at that time, which would condemn publicity bath, for example, because of all these naked bodies being close to each other, leading to temptation and thus accentuating the fear of water. Consequently, the underwears were acting as a way to absorb body sweat and grease, and at the same time had to remain clean. The efforts would be concentrated on washing them instead of washing the bodies. This will change during the 18th century, when people would stop being afraid of water and would go back to bath, and during the 19th century, which is considered as the century of hygiene. However, underwears would remain white, and the invention of the bleach in 1785 by Mr. Bertolet in the French city of Javel would reinforce white as being the color of cleanliness. If your underwears were from a darker color, it meant that you weren't clean, body and soul. 
Either you were part of a lower status and had to do physical works, or you were a prostitute. As simple as that. Above a gender consideration and a testimony of being clean, underwears were also a way to show your social status, especially through the quality of fabrics used. Underwears were also passed along from generation to generation, as some notarized documents as testaments would show. And they were an essential part of young girls' trousseau and dories. All is nice and well, but how did underwear become this sexy piece of lingerie that we like to wear to seduce, to be seduced, or to feel great? At least women, we all like beautiful underwears. Lace, silk, satin with embroideries and embellishment. And I know for myself that just by knowing that I wear beautiful underwears, I feel strong and charismatic and would be able to move mountains. starts during the 19th century and the education of young girls. At that time, girls were educated to become perfect housewives and mothers. They would learn to sew, to embroider, to be beautiful, and that was almost all. They didn't know anything about their real life, what was included in the package of becoming a wife. Sex was a taboo subject, and women didn't know how their wedding night would be. They were complete naive creatures. Add to that the pressure of the church for which sex was bad and only allowed for reproduction purposes. On their sides, men were completely aware of sexual intercourses, the majority of them having had their first experience with prostitutes, and their wedding night wasn't their first time. However, for women, seeing a naked man for the first time during their wedding night and experimenting sex for the first time at the same moment have been a traumatic experience, leading to coldness, frigidity, and completely refuse of physical contacts with their husbands. The husbands in question, not being able to obtain what they wanted with their wives, would go back to the prostitutes, having mistresses, and leading to the rise of STDs as the syphilis, as protected sex wasn't really a practice at that time. To keep husbands away from STDs, prostitutes, having mistresses and adulterous children, book and magazines would be published to educate women on that matter. In 1903, the Comtesse de Tramar would publish a book entitled Brévière de la Femme, Pratique Secrète de la Beauté, or Handbook for Women, Secret Practices of Beauty. In this book, she would encourage women to take great care of their intimate parts to make them attractive for their husbands, so that they won't go seeing other women. Alongside advice on hygiene, the other piece of advice was to have beautiful and appealing lingerie. Underwear became sexy to seduce men and a tool to preserve the family unity. Then, after the First World War, underwears would become simpler. To go along with the flapper style and its androgyne silhouette, they would be roomier, less restrictive, like camisoles and bralettes. They will also change colors, and white won't have the monopoly anymore, with more nude and pinky colors, for example. Artificial fabrics will also be more and more used. During the 50s, the rise of advertising and retailing 
underwears would start to be available in any material and in any colors. They would also be more affordable and not just for a certain elite anymore. And the black color, before associated with dirtiness and prostitutes, would become the color of erotism. And what about men? Well, until recently, comfort was at the heart of underwears for men, and creativity or erotism wouldn't be what would influence the choice of one underwear or the other. However, with the ideal masculine silhouette being muscular, men are more and more using underwears to shape their silhouettes. This is what we call shapewear, used by and men and women. And some types of panties are considered more desirable than others for men. For example, the boxers, again, are slip kangaroo or poach briefs that we associate with the older generation are being considered as not sexy at all. The magical story of the underwears. To protect, to cover, to maintain, to shape the body according to the ideal silhouettes. Don't you agree that these underclothings deserve more attention? Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast on the story of the underwears and why they became sexy. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen your podcasts, to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook, and to have a look at my blog to complete the podcast with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, feel free to leave a comment or a review. I would really appreciate it. I am Catherine, and this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next week for a new Fashion Story Box. Bye.